I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 319 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it is time for another Warrior Wednesday edition of First Class Fatherhood. And boy, do I have an incredible warrior joining me today. Tim Kennedy is an Army Special Forces Green Beret who is currently active duty. In 2009, Tim transitioned from active duty to the Texas Army National Guard. But in 2017, he re-enlisted into the U.S. Army Special Forces. He deployed multiple times in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. He has received numerous awards during his combat career, including the Bronze Star with Valor. Tim is also a professional MMA fighter who is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, amongst other martial arts. He is a badass and an all-around American hero. I'm a huge fan of his, and I'm so honored to have him on the podcast with me today. Tim Kennedy will be here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And just like many of you parents out there, I have now added homeschool teacher to my resume. All four of my children are home from school due to the coronavirus. And I make sure that I am starting each day with an Our Father and a Pledge of Allegiance. I remind them that they are living in the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And then they hit the books or the uh, Chromebooks, I should say. And I am going to be keeping an eye on my download numbers here just to see how it has affected the listenership. I have already recorded some awesome interviews that I'm going to be putting out that will take us up to at least mid-April. But if the numbers are down, I will consider post postponing the show until people get back to work. As of right now, the numbers are solid, so I just want to say thank you guys for all of you out there who are listening to the show. And today's interview with Tim Kennedy was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel, so please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with U.S. Army Special Forces Operator Tim Kennedy. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, the summer will be here before you know it. Are you serious about turning your dad bod into a beach bod? Well, former Navy SEAL and professional MMA fighter Mitch Aguiar has designed the products to help you smash your goal. Smashing Greens are an extremely nutrient-dense blend of organic superfoods with no fillers. They are designed to be taken as a daily supplement or as a complete meal replacement. All ingredients were chosen to specifically curb your hunger, maximize your energy, clear your skin, and burn fat. Visit MassiveSupplements.com or hit the link in the show notes and check out all available products, including plant-based multivitamins, Smashing Beans Organic Coffee, Protein Shakes, Power Creatine, and more. Smash your greens. Visit MassiveSupplements.com. That's M-A-S-F Supplements.com. Joining me now, First Class Father, Tim Kennedy. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Hello. Uh, let's start it right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have four kids. I have an 18-year-old, a 17-year-old, a four and three-quarter-year-old, and a five-month-old. Wow, yeah. That's, uh, I got four kids myself. Uh, what type of sports or activities are they all into? Uh, the myriad of everything, from swimming to lacrosse to learning how to sit up and uh, dancing, water polo. Yeah, they're all over the place. Do you ever get involved with coaching at all, or do you enjoy all that stuff from the sideline? Um, I try. You know, I, I, I have to lead and coach in so many different areas of my life. Um, 
and I think I cast a big shadow. So I tried to like, you know, not inject myself into things, but sometimes um, both for the kids and just for, for other coaches, it's just better if I'm just also in there and helping. Yeah, it makes sense. All right, if you could, Tim, just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay, well, uh, that's it's it's a lot of crap. <laughs> so I'm currently a special forces soldier, um, and uh, I have been in special forces for 15 years in a variety of jobs and missions, from sniper to um, hostage rescue to counterterrorism. Um, and I fought in the UFC, so I was a professional fighter for 17 years. Um, I host TV shows on History Channel, on Discovery Channel, on Spike TV, um, and uh, I have a bunch of companies. So I guess I'm pretty entrepreneurial in the sense that I um, am running four companies, and I'm on the board of seven. So it's uh, a lot of work, and I'm a father of four and happily married. Yeah, it's incredible what you're doing. Thank you for your service, Tim. Uh, about about how old were you then when you first became a dad, and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Um, I was in college, so I was uh, young and unplanned, and uh, you know it was a in, in the in the military we we say we're voluntold to do something, right? That means like you're not really volunteering, but you have to do it, and you have to do it with uh, a certain esprit de corps, you know, like with like an excitement and, and, and pride in doing it. Um, that's how it was for me initially to be a father. Um, I, I didn't want to be a father for a long time, and I didn't know if I ever wanted to be a father. But then when you find out that, you know, you're going to be a father, you, you have to grow up. And um, it was a really sharp learning curve on what growing up meant for me. I was a disaster of a college student in the sense of like, I was a professional fighter already. I was already ranked top 10 in the world, um, you know, an, an athlete and a, a, a gifted student in the sense that like things were really easy, which, which was the worst combination for a person like me to take every, everything for granted and make every single bad decision that you could possibly imagine someone making. Uh, and that's what I was like, you know, throughout college. And um, when my first daughter came into the world, it was the first time that I ever started making decisions about something or someone above myself, you know, um, that was the first time that it even crossed my mind to do something that wasn't completely selfish. Uh, not that I was a good person yet. Cause I wasn't not that I started making great decisions cause I didn't, but I definitely, that was the turning point of me beginning to, um, take life by the balls and kick everything in the dick to make the right decisions. Yeah, very cool, Tim. And I know, obviously, uh, being a professional fighter, being in the special forces, it requires a lot of discipline for, for all of that. But what type of disciplinarian are you when it comes to being a dad? And is it different than the discipline style you grew up with? Yeah, I was um, I was shaped by a very loving but firm firm hand. My dad, you know, got, got spanked a lot, um, more from my mom than from my dad, uh, you know, from... I think in today's standards, what is absolutely abuse, you know, from like leather belts to sticks to, um, you know, the wooden spoon. Um, and I wouldn't change a single thing about what my parents did to me. You know, like they were amazing. It was always out of love. 
and, uh, and compassion and patience. Um, but like in the 21st century, like I, I think people would look at hitting some, a kid with a, a wooden spoon or a belt and be like, that's abuse. Um, at that time, it absolutely was not. Uh, and nor do I think, you know, in, in that, that it is today. Um, I, oh, man, I could count on one hand the number of times that my, my kids have gotten like a swat on the book, you know, and it's always been in, in like a very dire thing of them hurting something else or potentially hurting themselves, you know, like disobedience or, you know, like not picking up the toys. Like that's not, you're, you're going to get a spanking from me for that, you know, but like I say, Hey, don't walk out into the street. When we are walking out of the grocery store, a car is going to hit you and a kid runs out into the street. Like, man, you're going to get scuffed up because you're going to die otherwise. Um, and with every kid, it's always been super different. You know, with, uh, with one of my daughters, if I told them that I was disappointed in her, it, it is like buckets of tears, you know, no spanking, no anything. It's just like, uh, I mean, her heart is broken and it takes a long time to her, for her to recover from that. Um, my four-year-old boy, on the other hand, it's like, let me take this log, throw it at your head and it bounces off. And you're like, ha, you know, I'm going to do this again because I'm like so stubborn and so disobedient. Um, and so like there's a, a huge variety of how you have to, to deal with, you know, pun punishments and, and making sure that the kid's going to do the right thing. Yeah. I see the same thing with my four kids as well, Tim. And I, I love the post that you put up there about the, uh, the Super Bowl halftime show, because I know, I mean, we're living in a world here where like they, they canceled the uh, swimsuit competition for the Miss American pageant because it objectifies women. And then we have a halftime show that seemed to be uh, now my daughter's only five years old. She's small, but she does emulate what she does see. What kind of feedback did you get from having that post up there? Uh, super negative. You know, uh, the vast majority of the people that that saw it were like, all right, Boomer, you know, you are so out of touch. And I was like, Bitch, please. I spend half of my waking hours as an adult life chasing down women that are being trafficked um, and teaching women that have been trafficked how to stand up and fight for themselves. You know, self-defense courses, um, going all around the world in a military capacity, teaching people how to fight them for themselves. So, like, if somebody's going to be in a position, not that I'm completely unique, but I might have a, a, a pretty special lens that I, that I view women from because I have seen them truly objectified in the most horrific ways imaginable. And as a father of like a, an infant, you know, a five month old right now, all the way up to a senior in high school about to go into college, um, like seeing the variety of, of how women are treated and, you know, like what is modesty, what's appropriate, the Super Bowl specifically from that post, um, you know, people are Shakira is absolutely gorgeous. And does she have every right to do that? And is it, is it beautiful for sure? You know, um, was that Mariah Carey that was with her? Right? Yeah. Uh, no, it was, uh, Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. Oh, also stunning, right? Totally beautiful. And can they completely do anything what they want with their body bodies for sure? Um, should they be doing that on primetime television on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, where, you know, every single household is watching a girl like grab her crotch. Probably not. You know, is there a time and a place for things? You know, you can't have your, your, your cake and eat it too in the sense that like you don't get to pick and choose when you can objectify your body. Like we, we have to at least have like a moral baseline and realize what's right and left of those limits, what's appropriate and inappropriate. And prime time, 
Sunday afternoon in the middle of uh, my living room watching a, you know a girl like grab her crotch and shake and shake her butt is not what I want my teenage daughters or my five month old who absolutely understands what's happening to see. Yeah, I agree with you, Tim. And I think it's one thing, you know, be sexy, appreciate your body, stuff like that. But they brought out like the stripper pole. That was, uh, I thought, a little bit, uh, a little bit over the top for me. Yeah. yeah. And and staying staying on that subject, like I said, my daughter, she's my only girl. I have three boys, and my youngest is my girl. And I'm already dreading that. You said your oldest is a senior in high school. There has your daughter started to hit that dating scene, and how have you, as a you know, special forces operator, how do you kind of handle that with with your girls? Yeah, I mean, I think. Um... You know, if you're like having to project, uh, you know, your your alpha, your like superiority or your um, dictator type parenting onto your teenage kid about who she's going to be selecting, like you are way too late. And um, and if anything, she's going to pick an even worse uh, person to be with, and um, she's going to have a lot of resentment about how you're doing it. So, um, my five month old right now. Like I'm already shaping what that's going to look like for who she's going to be with later on in life, right? She already sees and hears everything. She sees how I treat my wife. She sees how I talk to other women. She sees how I interact with other women. So, you know, in like not – they're smart. Kids are going to learn and they're going to emulate what's um, the most significant masculine figure in their life, i.e. their father – uh, they're they're going to pick and choose given off how you treat them and how they think they should be treated. So like you treat, you treat your daughter with disrespect and you're mean and you're rough with her, guess what? She's going to find that in somebody else. If you're kind, you're compassionate, you're loving, you're tender, you're under, and pay, you're like, she'll find that, you know? So you get to pick and choose from birth what that, what that beautiful little girl is going to pick later on in life. Yeah. Well said, Tim. And, and, and you mentioned there earlier there too, like how you, uh, help to track down these women who have been trafficked and stuff like that. And I know a lot of it uh, comes from all these devices that we now have access to. A lot of it's coming from social media and, and just different, the dark web, whatever it may be. My oldest is 13, so he's got the phone now, and uh, we're trying to do our best here. But it's a challenge for us, the technology. How do you kind of manage or monitor all the technology, the phones and stuff like that with your kids? Well, I mean, if you're paying a cell phone bill, like everything that happens on it, that, that's your right to see. Um, you know, and uh, even with the senior going into high school, uh, going into college, like if she thinks because she's over 18 that there's going to be a change in like the monitoring of her cell phone. Like, no, man, if I'm paying the bills, that's my phone, you know, like and so is everything that's on it. Um, like I'm going to respect her privacy in the sense that like, uh, you know, if she's having a conversation with one of her girlfriends. Like I'm not going to get in there, you know, but if um, like there's images that's being sent to a boy like hey that 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 is my business um and uh not that i don't trust her but an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure and um with technology and how accessible the world is to our kids you know i grew up in a in, in a town in an era where i could hop on a bicycle and i could ride miles to my friend's house right as at like eight years old the thought of doing that now is insane Right. Everybody's like, no, there's no way I would let my kid hop on a bicycle and, and ride through town to the opposite, you know, like end of town to hang out with their friend at eight. Um, but yet we put a device in their hand that it's not to the other side of the town. It's to the rest of the world has access and visibility of your kid. So looking at, at a lens of like who has access to influencing your children, um, 
that device from Snapchat to TikTok to Instagram to Facebook to Twitter, every single one of those is, is limitless exposure to who can have access to your children. And that's something that traditionally has been controlled by the parent. So now we, we, we have to evolve in what that control looks like. Um, and if it's not coming from a good place, like if you're not trying to do it out of love, I think you're setting yourself up for a pretty rough fight. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the numbers are staggering too, Tim, with all this stuff. Like I've had Craig Sawyer on the show that does the uh, Vets for Child Rescue, and it's like you oh, were yeah. saying some of the numbers. It's like it's mind-boggling how many people are in the industry of snatching up young kids and, and trafficking them. And they're really good at it. Yeah, it's, it's scary. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, what type of advice do you have for the parent out there whose kid is getting ready to uh, enlist or join the military right after uh, high school this year? What kind of advice do you have for them? Nothing beats an American flag made in the USA, right? Well, how about an American flag made in the USA by veterans out of duty-worn fatigues from all branches of the military? That is exactly what you get with combat flags. Combat flags are handcrafted from duty-worn fatigues and offer a tangible piece of freedom to the American people. Each flag is accompanied by a professionally designed and printed card that tells the story of service of a soldier, marine, airman, sailor, or coastie who wore the fatigues used to make the flag. They are the real deal, Dad, so what are you waiting for? Visit CombatFlags.com and use the promo code FATHER, and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 10% off their purchase. Veteran-owned, American-made. CombatFlags.com, promo code FATHER. You know, I wanted to ask you, what type of advice do you have for the parent out there whose kid is getting ready to uh, enlist or join the military right after uh, high school this year? What kind of advice do you have for them? Um, that's, t- it's, that, that's, that's a tough thing for a lot of parents. You know, they, they, um, that kid is choosing a new family. Um, that doesn't mean that your family is less, but you have to understand, appreciate, and recognize that there are going to be – for me, for example, I have brothers from the regiment that I am connected and closer with in a lot of ways from my brother, who I love with my whole entire heart, and my sister, who is like my best friend in the world, and my mom and dad, who are the most incredible parents on the planet. But like, they haven't watched me poop in a brown bag while I'm hiding inside of a hole, looking at it, taking 12-hour shifts, shifts looking through a scope. You know, like those are different things. They haven't smelled me when I haven't showered for 45 days. Um, that, that's a different thing. They haven't sat there with the person next to me staring at a tree for 10 hours and being able to like talk about everything and anything. So as a parent, you, you have to recognize that and you have to be sensitive to that. Sensitive in the, in the, fact, in the fact that you have to respect and understand that and support that and facilitate that. Like, Maybe Thanksgiving, you're going to have to have a couple extra places at your table for your son or daughter's friends that are coming back with them during R&R over the holidays. And you have to make that happen. That's not a choice. You have to do that. Otherwise, that kid is going to be alienated. Um, and you have to continue to support them in like different ways. You know, my, my, my dad um, would grind up vitamin C tablets and put them inside of envelopes and mail them to me inside of like a little Ziploc bag in ranger school. So I could open up a Ziploc bag and I would have more vitamin C than I would get for a week in nutrition. So he's like a drug dealer trying to slip me 
you know, um, the drug of choice, which was something to boost my immunity system while, you know, cause I didn't want to get sick in, in basic training or infantry school or jump school or ranger school or every single place. Um, he very ingeniously tried to figure out what is the thing that this dude needs and how can I help him get it? Um, you know, that maybe that's bending the rules a little bit about, you know, like taking a brown Listerine bottle and sneaking in a little bit of Jack Daniels. You're like, I'm not telling you what you're going to do, but what I'm going to say is you're going to have to be pretty creative in how you're going to support your kid because he's going to have different needs and different ones. Yes, sir. I'm on the, I'm on the phone. You don't come say, Hey, you can come say, Hey, you're going to say hi. Oh, you want me to say hi. This is my name is Rolo. This is Rolo. What's doing? You get all your homework done today or what? Yeah. Did you yeah. chop my leg off with a lightsaber? How many times did you chop my leg off? I don't know. Three times? Four, I think. Four times. Yeah, we had a little lightsaber fight. That's why I was two minutes late to this call. <laughs> I'll be done in just like a few minutes and we can go back and play, play lacrosse. Bye. Okay. I'm going to beat you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Tim, the fact that I mean, being your dad, does that did that change at all any type of uh, decision that you've made about what capacity you're going to continue to serve in the military? No, um, you know, you get to yes. Sir. Uh, when 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 you're done, then with the call, uh -huh. then come in um, the office, okay? Yes, sir. Um, it didn't change what I was going to do. Um, it kind of changed why I was going to do them. You know, uh, it's, I, I, I believe, uh, that it's important for, uh, kids to see failure, suffering, sacrifice. Um, you know, I think people view my life through Instagram, which is so inaccurate of what my life is like. Um, you know, cause you, you see lots of success, you see lots of, uh, accomplishment you know you see me winning fights and you see um me you know get my hand hand raised after super grappling matches um after shooting competitions you know but what my kids see is me training and me failing and me dry firing and me you know today i had two horrific workouts and one of my partners is in the hospital right now with uh one of my training partners with like ice packs up and down his leg because he thought he has a compartmental syndrome or like his muscle grew too fast. And anyways, so, um, it's, uh, and that applies to work too, I think where, you know, I, I want my kids to see me be part of something that is more important or bigger than me where I don't always get to choose. Like they see dad CEO, they see, you know, like the entrepreneur that's like running companies and telling employees where to go, um, you know, an author and, and, but they also see me say, yes, sir, I'll get that done. Um, uh, yes, sir. I will go do that deployment, even though I don't want to, um, I don't want to go to the super crappy place for this long period of time. That's going to mean I'm going to miss out on some portions of my kid's life. Um, but it's important that they see that, you know, especially now. Have have the girls? I mean, have any of the kids? Have they ever seen you fight live, or which is that something you would have let them uh, come to, or they do you see it on uh, video and stuff like that? Um, I never let them watch any of those fights uh, live. Um, heck, I couldn't even. Uh, I, I wanted. To, I didn't want my parents to be at my fights. <laughs> um, uh, but my big girls now, you know, like 
they can watch whatever they want. <laughs> so they've, they've seen most of my fights to include the ones that I lost. Um, you know, they saw me fight for world titles and lose world titles. Um, you know, they, they saw dudes that I beat come back and become world champions. So it's, uh, it's all important, I think. Yeah, I, I could see you having one of them on in the background, like when they come home, for, you know, when they're about to go out for the prom or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, Tim, obviously you've had, you know, you got a million things going on here. What kind of plans or goals do you have here for yourself for the future? Um, so I got promoted within Special Forces. So I have some cool things I get to do as a team sergeant. So as a master sergeant in Special Forces, you have uh, 12 Special Forces soldiers that you're kind of like the dad for. Um, you're the, you're the team dad. I mean, that's really not only they call you that, but that's your role. Like I have to, these men are like my, my sons or my younger brothers that I have to make sure they have everything they need to be able to accomplish their mission. Um, that's both mentoring, like professional development, um, administrative support, and then training. So, you know, when we're getting ready to go overseas, I know what the mission is. I have to make sure that we're in an environment that is conducive for them to be able to, to flourish and be successful. Sounds pretty much like a father, you know. So that's a, a, a new a new challenge um, on the entrepreneurial side. You know, I've Sheepdog Response, Ranger Up, um, Live Relentless, um, SDR Secured Consulting, TKO Marketing. So I have like a bunch of things that I am always grinding at and working long, really long hours. <laughs> um, you know, juggling like I take my son to school every single day. Um, and, uh, you know, like trying to manipulate which colleges my daughters are going to go to so they can be super close. Um, but, you know, supporting whatever they choose, kind of, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it all very inspiring stuff, Tim. And the last thing I want to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for the new father or for that about to be dad who's out there listening? You're not going to like this, but like pain and suffering is important. Um, I actually just got lectured by my wife, uh, this weekend at one of my kids games because my kid's the youngest, he's the smallest. Um, uh, but I of course want him to play the most and I want him to get all the extra treatments and all the extra coaching and all the extra best gear. And she's like, and she said, you know, he has to do his time. I was like, no, he doesn't, you know, he's, he's going to be the best athlete out there. Um, she's like, well, no, he needs to fail and he needs to learn and he needs to struggle and he needs to be the grunt. And, um, you know, and, and as like, not that I'm a helicopter parent, but as like a, a loving parent that wants to see all of my kids succeed, you forget that struggle is the most important component of success. And, you know, you can't make it easy for them. You know, you don't, you don't want to fudge the records for USC and how they're going to be getting in there. Cause like, look what happens, you know, you don't want to have a padded room for them to grow up in because their bodies are going to be weak. And the first time they have to do something real, it's going to break, you know, emotionally, you don't want to shelter them from every single type of bullying. Like I was literally pissed on, like a dude pulled out his penis and peed on me and, and part of, of hazing the first time I was at war. I mean, that was one of like a, a bazillion examples of, of how we were hazed at the beginning of the war. Um, when war started, I was like, this is pretty easy, you know? <laughs> And like looking back, would I change anything? No, uh, that, that sounds crazy. Like nobody would wish that on their worst enemy, but like you cannot protect your kid from other, everything, you know, with, with boys, keep the blood in and keep them clean with the girls, listen to them, let them talk. I mean, and it's going to be a lot of talk, 
you know, let that emotional capacity grow um, and how you receive it and how they give it. So there's a, there's my long advice. Yeah, very well said. Uh, this has been an honor for me. I got to say, Tim Kennedy, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. My pleasure, man. Good luck. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Tim Kennedy for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. Friday, we are going to go from the Green Berets to the Navy SEALs with a fresh Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood here. Former Navy SEAL Brian Doherty will be joining me here. He is an entrepreneur and the founder of the Declan James Watch Company. That's going to be exciting. Make sure you're locking in for that. And follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out all of the upcoming guest announcements. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feeling.